Actually, it was the research made the plotting of the novel really easy, which I got lucky with because sometimes I struggle with plot just because oftentimes I don't know what direction to go and it feels like there's so many things you can do. But really, the story of the expulsion at its base level is it's about people who decide to leave their country, never to return, they have to start over somewhere else. So I knew the plot was basically they have to leave and they have to go somewhere and the plot is the journey. So that made it very easy. Welcome to Historical Fiction Unpacked. I'm your host, Allison Treat. Hello, readers, and welcome back to the podcast. This is episode seven of season seven. And today I'm speaking with Eric Z. Weintraub about his novel South of Sephirod about the expulsion of the Jews from Spain in 1492. Eric has a lot to share about this facet of history that I really knew nothing about. I didn't even know this had happened. So I was very curious to find out and um, it's a great conversation. So listen in as I talk with Eric Z. Weintraub. Eric, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, your latest novel, South of Sephirod, released on Tuesday. Can you tell me about this book? Of course. So South of Sephirod is a fictional retelling of a true story that we today known as the no, it was the 1492 expulsion of the Jews from Spain. And basically what happened is in 1492, Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand succeeded in uh, taking over the Iberian Peninsula from the Muslim Muslim rule and basically okay. created the Spanish Empire, which is the, the Spain we know today. And one of the first things that they did as the new rulers of this empire is they decided to kick out all of the Jews from Spain. Um, The Jews could either convert to Catholicism or they could leave Spain never to return. And so South of Sephirod is the story of a Jewish um, physician and father whose name is Vidal. And it's about him deciding to leave Spain to preserve his faith and bring his family to safety, all while trying to escape Spain before this decree of expulsion goes into effect. Okay, wow. So I had never really heard anything about this. When I think of 1492, I think of... Columbus, which I think a lot of Americans do. So I didn't know about this. And what brought it to your attention? What inspired you to write this novel? So I was actually in a similar boat. I hadn't heard of this story until adulthood, um, which was surprising because I I grew up Jewish. um, I went to Hebrew school, um, but it escaped me for some reason. And so I was actually in Granada, Spain. I was visiting my my girlfriend, who's now my wife. Uh, She was studying abroad there. And we were walking around one day and walking around town and we came across a parade and I found out that the parade was celebrating what's called the reconquest when the um, Christian Spaniards uh, succeeded in conquering Granada, which was the last Muslim stronghold. And then my uh, girlfriend, now wife, was telling me about the history of this event and told me about the expulsion of the Jews. And I was just like, I've never heard of this before. And so I was very interested to learn more. And lo and behold, there weren't that many history books on it and even fewer novels. So that was how I found out about the idea and ultimately down the road decided to write a novel about it. Yeah. And I imagine going so far back in history and you're saying there's there weren't a lot of, um, well, I guess you're saying there weren't, there weren't many fictional pieces about it. So how did you go about um, researching it? What kinds of challenges did you face when you were trying to portray this time period accurately? 
So the challenge was first figuring out more what the expulsion was and looking for books on that topic, books that were reliable. Um, so I was able to find, I mostly started with reading because it's such an old story. I had to really go to the history books on the topic, um, found a couple really good history books that I'm, I'm uh, happy to share the titles if you're interested. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Oh, sure. So, I mean, some of just a couple of them. I think the the number one one was "History of a Tragedy" by Joseph Perez, um, and that was that was basically the the foundation for my research. It's probably it's a slim book, but it's probably the most uh, reliable and well researched book on the expulsion that I could find. And from there, was branching out to you know not just books about the expulsion, but also books about fourteen ninety two, books about Queen Isabella, books about the Spanish Inquisition how Judaism was practiced during that time period and, and so on and so on. And um, I wasn't able to find many novels on the topic, like I said, uh, but in fact, the only one I could, to this day, the only one I've really found that's close to mine is a book called The Last Jew by Noah Gordon. Um, okay. But that book is actually more about a uh, Jew who decides to convert to Catholicism to stay behind in Spain. So mine's kind of the other half of, yeah. of that story. Um but it was just going from there and, and researching and and sometimes reading a whole book just to find one fact that needed to go into this book. It, it was a long process. Right, I'm sure. I'm curious. This just ha- like how many how many Jews decided to leave and how many decided to stay and convert. Do you know the numbers, or was that too difficult to find? Mm, the numbers are. It's a good question. The numbers are pretty debatable. Um, it seems that overall it was more common for Jews to stay than okay. leave and they would convert to Catholicism. And then of course they would be subject to the Spanish inquisition. It wasn't, it wasn't like now you're a Christian, you get to be free and live here. <laughs> wow. Um, I've, I've heard a pretty drastic different numbers of how many people left. I've heard between, I almost don't want to say because I feel like everyone will be like, that's not the right number, but it's, I've heard anywhere between, Six thousand and two hundred thousand. It's it's really okay, a, it's, a wide it's really a, yeah. so a nobody really, really wide knows. Race. Nobody really knows. I think people would. There might be people there who say they know, but I've read so many different conflicting that uh, it's it's hard to get a real answer. Yeah. Okay. So when you were working on this research, how did that impa- impact the uh, the plot of your novel and how things unfolded in in the story? Actually, it was the research made the plotting of the novel really easy, which I got lucky with because sometimes. I struggle with plot just because oftentimes I don't know what direction to go in. It feels like there's so many things you can do. But really, the story of the expulsion at its base level is it's about people who decide to leave their country, never to return, they have to start over somewhere else. So I knew the plot was basically they have to leave and they have to go somewhere and the plot is the journey. So that made it very easy. Um, And really, I tried to use I tried to use the real story, the real dates to my advantage um, I knew the date of what's called the Alhambra Decree, which was the decree that Isabel and Ferdinand um, handed out to say that the Jews needed to either convert or leave. Um, I knew the date that that decree went to effect. Um, I knew things like when people had to be out of the out, out of Spain by. So okay. that was really helpful. I knew there was basically a three month window, and so I knew okay, this novel takes place largely more or less over those three months, and that made plotting really easy because I just stuck to the history and let history basically do the outline for me. Yeah. How do you typically write? Do you like to plot the whole thing beforehand? Are you more of a pantser? I've honestly tried everything (laughs) and I feel like nothing works. (laughs) Um, It feels like every, every story is different. Um, Sometimes if it's a really clear 
um, goal and obstacle. This book has a very clear goal and obstacle. You must leave, you must leave Spain or you will be, um, or you have to convert. And if you don't convert, you'll be put to death. That's very easy. So that made it easy. But, um, if I've other projects I've written, if it's a little more complicated, maybe more of an internal conflict, like a literary fiction, that's where I struggle with those because at one point I want it to be very exact and plotted out. But I know that if I do that, the characters aren't as good. So right. it's got it really depends on what the what the project is. And usually it's after the usually it's after the first draft that I'll try to figure out, okay, this is what this project needs to to be fixed. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but speaking of characters and how to make good ones, how did you like going back so far in history? I mean, I've spoken to people who went have written about, you know, like ancient Rome. So um, I know you could go further back, but I've never gone as far back as 1492. How did you keep your characters relevant for modern readers? How did you create people that they could relate to? I think the trick with that was to write characters. I wanted to make them realistic to the time period. I didn't want to modernize them too much. But at the same time, I knew that they need to be relatable. Um, Actually, I felt this was especially... I think this is easiest to see with the female characters, actually. Um, Because one thing I struggled with is back in 1492, women didn't have a lot of agency. They were mostly mostly wives or daughters. Um, And I knew that I wanted to honor... The, the truth of history while at the same time also giving them things to do giving writing I wanted to write good female characters so it was a it was a process of finding how do I keep them within sort of the confines of what they have to do but also give them agency for, for example uh Catalina who's um, Vidal's oldest daughter okay. um, she is a wife an expectant mother she's converted to Catholicism it might almost seem like there's not much for her to do there she's really supposed to uh, take care of the home, but because she stays behind and needs to figure out how to navigate Spain during the dawn of the Inquisition, all of a sudden she had agency and she had a story uh, that was within the confines of reality, but also had agency and uh, a way to move through the story. Okay, cool. When I think about, you know, how this affected the Jewish people and and you're talking about how you discovered it um, with your Girl, your now wife telling you at the time about what happened. Um, how did your own heritage play into this and your own experiences? How did that influence the story and your that's desire great, to write it? Yeah. That's a great question. Well, I, I think it came down to growing up. There were really just a couple of time periods that we talked about. I'll, I'll especially use Hebrew school as an example. Okay. The story of the story of the Jews outline more or less was everything that happens in the Torah and the Bible and then skip forward 2000 years. And you have, you have, um, shtetl life and then the Holocaust. And so there's this wide gap there. And I, I knew that things happened. Obviously I was yeah familiar with the Spanish inquisition, but overall, I mean, I mostly knew about the Spanish inquisition because of Monty Python and Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> Gosh, <yeah>. I, <laughs> So for me, I'd always wanted to write a Jewish story and I wanted, but I wanted to write something that other people weren't writing and mm-hmm. I couldn't really find anything. I couldn't. So it was just sort of an idea in the back of my head. Um, yeah. But I did want to make the contribution. And finally, when I found the story and found how few, 
novels there were on the topic, I thought, okay, this is this is a story. It's specific. It speaks to me. This I've been wanting to do this for a long time. This is the story that I could tell. This is how I can make my contribution. That's cool. So I'm curious, you are Jewish, obviously. Are mm-hmm. you a religious Jew or is it more your culture than your, your religion or is it both? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would honestly say it's more my culture. I've obviously, you know, I've been to temple. Um, my family, I come from a family that was more that some were more religious, some were more cultural. I've sort okay. of found over time I've gone the more cultural route. It's just, I don't know. It's just, I feel like you have to, you have to be religious in a way that works right for you. And mm-hmm. I know that even though I know it's important to go to temple, it's not always something that I want to do or can get myself to just naturally do the way I can get myself to, you know, maybe naturally sit down and write. Yeah. Um, so I definitely see it as more of a cultural thing, but we try to celebrate the high holidays and really my way into the religion is history. You know, I'm, I'm much more interested in learning more about history of Judaism than I am maybe interested in uh, reading, studying Torah, things like that, though I have read those too. Interesting. Yeah. And it seems like, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not Jewish. I'm a Christian, but mm-hmm. um, the holidays seem to be connected to both history and also religion. Like they're all tied in, right? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, every holiday basically has a story. And I, I think it's like this with Christianity too. You know, we have, um, right, sure. I mean, Passover is basically straight out of, um, you know, the Jews leaving Egypt and Exodus. Um, Hanukkah is about the Maccabees fighting off, I believe the, I want to say it's, I forget if it was the Romans or the Greeks. <laughs> I always forget. Um, but I'd say, yeah, almost every, yeah, pretty much every holiday is goes back to either something in history, something in the Torah, or something that is a combination of the two. Okay. Um, it's kind of interesting that, I don't know why this happened this way, but you're my third Jewish author this month. It just is something that like, three of you ended up on my schedule with books coming out. Um, and I think you're the only one who mentioned Hebrew school. So I think you might be the most religious of the the Jews that I spoke to. With. Oh, that's so, funny. I actually yeah. just listened. I just listened to your other podcast. Oh my, uh, her name's escaping me, but she yeah. wrote about, uh, Talia Carner is. Yeah. Is that, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I just listened to her. <laughs> right. And then, um, I'll be having another one before this releases. I'll be having another one, um, release with a, a gentleman who, Dean Sykon, who wrote about um, Jews coming back after the Holocaust and finding, trying to find their place again in their old hometown. So, oh, really, that really sounds interesting. interesting. Yeah. So they each of you have had a different story to tell, but no, none of you have gone this far back. So that's really interesting. You know that this this feels like a story that I have not, you know, heard about before ever. So. Oh, good. That was the hope. The hope was to yeah. get people to learn learn a new story the way I had to. I had to learn all this too, just to write this book. Right. Sure. Um, so you talked about, we talked a little bit about your writing process, but have you always been a writer? Have you always loved to write? I'd like to know more about kind of how your path to publication, how that went. Always. So I actually started writing when I was 12 years old. Um, wow. Just little short stories. I liked to write screenplays too, because that to me was a, it seemed less intimidating. Screenplays have more white space on the page. Yeah. Um, and then over time, I just kept writing and writing. Never really seriously tried to, maybe the first 10 years, because I was only 12, 12 to 22, I didn't really publish much of anything or try to. Um, yeah. Then I got more serious about it in college. 
was writing short stories for a while. Um, got a few short stories in a novella published. Um, sort oh, of wow. in great. Th- thanks. Sort of in like the 2015 um, around that time. But then this was really. I had taken a couple stabs at novels before, and they were too big. They got out of hand. Um, the, the whole long story. Um, but uh, this was the. This was maybe my. I want to say my third real attempt at a novel, but the first one that really I would consider that I, I finished and got it to a place that I could show it to people, um, and that I was like, I'm going to get. I'm going to get this one published. Like I'm going to get a publisher die trying. So that was really. I mean, that's basically a, a very quick version but i've I've always been a writer it's always been something that i love to do yeah great do you have another job as well i do so i do um i am a uh marketing person at the uh the keck school of medicine of usc which is our the medical school uh, a medical school out here in los angeles and basically I, i take care of the eye care department so anything related to um anything related to eyes um eye diseases eye infections i will I market it, but I also write, I will write, do articles and write-ups on it. So any sort of complicated procedures that we're doing, any sort of rare diseases that come our way, I'm often writing a article about that. Um, okay. So, so you it's use good. writing in your job too. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's not 100% of the job, but it's definitely a, a, a big part of the job. And it's a good way to, I hadn't done a lot of that before this sort of job. It's a good way to learn how to write. You have to write quickly, succinctly. Most of the articles are maybe 500 words. Um, so Okay. You have to you have to get that down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm sure it helps you develop your craft somewhat. You, anyway, go ahead. Do you have another job outside of I know you're a writer and also you do this podcast? Yeah, I um edit. So, you know, people hire me freelance to edit their books. Um I've I'm doing some book coaching now as well. Um, but no, I have three kids and one of them is homeschooling right now. The other two are in school. So it's kind of feels like a full-time job taking care of mm-hmm. the family and also trying to fit in some writing time <laughs> Totally, um, and, do, and doing the podcast. Yeah, it, it feels very busy. So do you have plans for another novel? Are you working on anything else? I do. So I actually just finished the second draft of a new novel, not historical fiction. This one is about, um, I won't get too much into what it's about, but it's a contemporary novel set in Los Angeles, um, more semi-autobiographical, something I've been wanting to write for a while that I'm getting around to. But uh, I do love historical fiction, and I do plan to write more historical fiction in the future, especially there were other stories, not so much from the Inquisition, but from actually pre-Inquisition Spain, uh, about prominent Jews who lived during that time period that I'm really fascinated by. I would love to write a novel about them at some point in the near, f- near future. Oh, that's cool. Because I always find other stories. When I'm researching something, I always find other stories I want to write about, too. Your first novel was about the Underground Railroad, right? Yes. Yeah, my first and only published novel so far. But um, yeah, but I've written others. And I kind of veered away from that topic in the last, the most recent one that I wrote, that was about, um, well, it's really an immigration story. It's set in two time periods, but um, the immigration one is 1911. And then it's kind of the story of a a great grandmother and her great granddaughter in two different time periods. So. Oh, cool. So it's very, um, it's still historical fiction, just a slightly different time period. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, and I forgot to, 
find out more about how you came to publish this book with History Through Fiction. Did you know that you wanted to publish with them originally? Did you have ideas about getting an agent? What was your kind of path to that? So starting out when I started to send the book on submission to get, originally, I was just looking for an agent because I sort of thought that's what you're supposed to do. I didn't know. I was still getting my feet wet in this whole thing. Um, Submitted to a bunch of people, had good feedback, but no one was really interested in it. Um, And I was looking for publish. I started looking for publishers as well. And I actually found History Through Fiction on Twitter. And which is funny because I don't usually connect with people on Twitter like that. Yeah. And I noticed it was really their mission statement that stuck out to me, which was they wanted they wanted novels that were based on well-researched, based on historical facts and or historical figures. So I thought, okay, like my novel is totally fits that mission statement. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And so actually when I found them, they weren't open for novel submissions. They only open for maybe a month or two out of the year. Uh, But they were open for short story and novel excerpt submissions. So I ended up sending them an excerpt of this novel, which is actually, I think, in, I want to say, chapter three or four of the finished novel. And they published it, which was great. And then once they published it, I asked, hey, since you like that, would you you be interested in looking at the whole novel? And I was lucky that they they said yes. Um, Then they asked for the the um the full submission a couple weeks later and then um around it was actually around thanksgiving of 2022 i got the i got an email saying they wanted to publish me so yeah that's that's how it happened thank you yeah that's great they produce a great product it's it's nice to see a small publisher doing producing such nice books you know good books they do yeah for me if nothing like besides let me just say it was the covers too I have to admit, yes. I think it's, I think a good cover is so important. Absolutely. It get, gets people interested. And you could tell when a book is, I, I can, I feel like I could tell from a cover whether a book is how good a book's going to be, how much investment sort of the, the publisher and editors and writers have put into it. Um, so the fact that they care so much about that was important to me too. Right. Sure. Um, I did wonder with your next novel, you said it's contemporary. So history through fiction won't be publishing that one or like what are are your plans for publication i've never spoke to spoken to them about that but i know um because they publish historical fiction this one is contemporary i imagine it won't be a right fit so in a way this is when i go on submission with this one it's basically going to be starting over it's going to be looking for um looking for agents again looking for publishers again the good thing is i'm a little more even though it's going to be, you know, back to square one in a way, I know that I'll have this book under my belt and right. also have the experience of it. I'm I'm aware that you have to get a lot of no's to get that yes. So yes. I, I feel like I'm a little more prepared for it now. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so this is a question I ask all my guests. How do you think learning about history through story helps us approach life in the present? That's a great question. Um, so I, I think... First of all, with story, I think it makes history more accessible. Um, I'm the kind of person who will read a historical textbook, uh, you know, especially if I'm doing it to research a project. Right. But I know a lot of people won't do that um, unless they're an academic or something like that. And I honestly don't blame them because I think that those sometimes those things can be very dry, very inaccessible. And I think at the end, end of the day, a lot of people, if they're going to read, they want entertainment. Sure. Um, yeah. But... 
on the other half of that, I think history for the present is is so important because it helps us make sense of the world we're in. And I also think it offers a lot of lessons that we can learn. Um, it really, like they say, uh, people who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. And I think that's so true. If you, you need to really, if you understand history, you can take the lessons from it and not make the same mistakes that previous generations make. And hopefully if you understand it well enough, we can build towards a, a better future and, and leave the problems of the past behind. Yeah, that's great. That's something to strive for anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this has been a great conversation, Eric. Can you tell me what is the best way for listeners to follow you? Of course, they could follow me on, I'm probably most active on Instagram. My Instagram is at Eric Z Weintraub. Um, you could also follow me on Twitter or TikTok that way, although Instagram, I'm the most active. That would be the, and also my website is ericzweintraub.com. Okay, great. And we'll link to those things in the show notes too. Thank you so much for being with us today, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. Well, friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Make sure you visit the show notes at alisontreat.com slash blog. That's A-L-I-S-O-N-T-R-E-A-T dot com slash B-L-O-G. That is where the show notes and all the episodes live. But depending on what app you use to listen to podcasts, you can also find the show notes and links there. The show notes include plenty of helpful links like links to Eric's books or links to his website and um, social media accounts. So make sure you visit them. Don't forget to help out the show by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show, as well as telling a friend about the show. If you heard this episode and you thought of someone who would enjoy it, please pass it along to them. That helps us get more exposure. I'm going to leave you today with some words from Maya Angelou. She said, history, despite its wrenching pain, cannot be unlived. However, if faced with courage, need not be lived again. So chew on that, my friends, and keep reading historical fiction. I will talk to you again next week. 